The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the authors and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of my fabulous sponsors or advertisers. Any content provided by our bloggers or authors are of their opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. This disclaimer was provided by DisclaimerTemplate.com. Hello, my lovely, loyal listeners. This is just Miss Rose, and it is Thursday, March the 24th. I'm sorry, it's Wednesday, March the 24th. <laughs> and it's Wednesday, you guys. <laughs> March the 24th, and it is 2.52 p.m. I'm on my day off. Today has been a cloudy mix of cloud and sun, mostly cloud and windy, and it's been making me sleepy. So I spent most of the morning sleeping. Yes, I did. I guess I was tired. Anyway, when I woke from my sleep, I thought to myself, what am I going to talk about today on Jasmine's Rose? And what am I going to talk about on as the massage tip turns? Well, because I'm still rather discombobulated by the whole experience that I've had recently, I'm going to go down this lane and you know what, you guys, it's still Melanin March. It's still Women's History Month, but I'm just having a moment. So it's my podcast. I do what I want. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, you guys, I'll be right back after this brief pause for the cause. And we'll dive, dive into our, our article for today. Thank you so much for listening. I love you for listening. Mwah. <laughs> Warning, some listeners may find the following content highly disturbing and controversial. Listener discretion is advised. Right, you guys, we are on a website. <laughs> I cannot, I cannot. San Luisobispo.com. It's going to be in the description. Don't even start with me. I'm just reading this stuff. Y'all better get off my back. Now, this article is by Linda Lewis Griffith. Am I racist? Seven ways to tell if you're secretly biased and how to fix it by Linda Lewis Griffith special to the Tribune July 29th 2019 445 a.m. no one wants to think of themselves as a racist yet in recent weeks 
both presidential candidate Joe Biden and President Donald Trump have been publicly chastised for their racist views and actions. Charges each man adamantly denies. So I got to wondering, am I a racist? I like to think of myself as fair, accepting, and open-minded. Then again, so do Biden and Trump. Is it possible I'm a racist and don't know it? A closeted bigot afraid to come out? I needed to delve a bit further. I started by looking up the definition of racism. Dictionary.com says it's a belief or doctrine that inherent differences determine cultural or individual achievement, usually involving the idea that one's own race is superior and has the right to dominate others. A later definition adds hatred or intolerance of another race or other races. I certainly don't feel superior to other races and hatred and intolerance, not there either. I think I'm okay by that standard. But what if I looked even deeper? I did some research and discovered something called covert racism that often runs under the radar. It may masquerade as curiosity, concern, or kindness, so even do-gooders fall into the trap. Here are some examples. Did you ever act overly friendly to a person of another race to make sure you didn't seem biased? Do you have uncomfortable thoughts about a person's race even if you don't verbalize them? Did you ever ask someone for advice about dating a person from their race? Did you ever make snap judgments about a person's preferences based solely on their race or ethnicity? Ethnicity. Did you ever ask someone questions about their race as if they were a spokesperson for all other members? Have you noticed someone's race and behaved differently in some way because of it? When I ask myself those questions, the answer is definitely yes, guilty as charged. In my own ignorant way, I too have been a racist. This doesn't mean I'm bad. There's never been a whiff of malice. Instead, I'll plead ignorance with a strong desire to do better in the future. How can I overcome my racism? Pay attention to thoughts and reactions. I'm often shocked by certain mental images that come that cross my mind, but they're part of who I am and how I was raised. I can simply notice them, then behave in the way I deem best. Educate myself. Read and listen to a wide variety of sources. 
I want to know what people of all walks of life and opinions are saying. Engage in dialogue with people of different backgrounds. I always enjoy hearing about others' experiences, especially if they differ from my own. And the more time I spend with them, the more understanding I'll become. Know that I'm not an expert on racism. If something I've done or said is construed as racist, I can ask for clarification. An honest help me understand why that is insensitive opens the door for discussion and provides an opportunity for me to learn. Linda Lewis Griffith is a retired marriage, family, and child therapist who lives in San Luis Obispo. Reach her at Linda Lewis. I'm sorry, Linda Lewis Griffith at sbcglobal.net. And we will be right back. And thank you, Miss uh, Griffith. And we will be right back after this brief pause. I love you for listening. All right, my darling babies, we are on HuffPost.com. This article is by Susanna Rendery, MAACC contributor, coach and trainer of diversity champions and change makers, speaker, author. Her article is entitled, Let's Get It Right, Bigotry is not racism. This was published 9.30, September 30, 2016, 12 a.m. Eastern Time, updated November 18, 2016. So it was written in September and updated in November. Okay, now. The word racist is getting a lot of airtime lately. From Donald Trump, to Black Lives Matter and the latest police shooting of an unarmed black man, accusations of racism abound. But there's an important distinction missing from these accusations that's keeping us stuck and stoking anger. Bigotry is not racism. In my work as a diversity and leadership expert, I define bigotry as individual interpersonal acts of meanness directed by one individual or a small group to another. These individual acts can be intentional or unintentional. What makes them bigotry, not just meanness, is that they're based on the recipient's racial, ethnic, or cultural identity or what the bigot thinks is their identity. By this definition, anyone can be bigoted. Black people can say and do nasty things to white people because of their whiteness. White people can say and do nasty things to black people because of their blackness. Latinos can be bigoted towards Asians, Japanese can be bigoted towards Chinese, and so on. Bigotry doesn't feel good to those on the receiving end 
no matter what their race or identity, and bigotry is not acceptable from anyone. However, bigotry is not racism. Racism, using my favorite definition from solid ground, is the systematic distribution of resources, power, and opportunity in our society to the benefit of people who are white and to the exclusion of people of color. This distribution can be intentional or unintentional, and these systems are largely unconscious and invisible to white people. But they are real, and they have meaningful impacts on people's lives. Some say that by these definitions, anyone can be a bigot, but only white people can be racists. However, if racism is about systems that any that inequitably confer resources, power, and opportunity, then no individual person can be racist. Only systems like education, healthcare, housing, the political system, the legal system, and the financial system can be racist. Not only can these systems be racist, they are. Examples and studies abound that show how people of color, particularly African Americans, are consistently viewed and treated by these systems as less intelligent and capable than they are, and granted less access to quality housing, education, health care, legal rights, personal safety, and jobs than white people. In fact, to not acknowledge this reality in the face of mounting evidence is evidence of racism. Also, to equate the effects of bigotry, hurt feelings, and occasional one hurt also to equate the effects of bigotry, hurt feelings, and occasional one-on-one violence with the effects of racism, mass poverty, chronic health problems, incarceration, and untimely deaths over many decades isn't only ludicrous, it's cruel. While bigotry isn't the same as racism, bigotry causes and reinforces racism, and racism causes and reinforces bigotry. For example, while most acknowledge inequities exist between whites and people of color in the U.S., Where we differ is the reasons we give for these inequities. An increasingly vocal minority still believe that people of color and blacks are inherently inferior to whites, lazier, weaker, less intelligent, and more violent by nature. This is the essence of white supremacy a belief system rooted in the notion that that inequities exist because people of color earned it, deserved it, or can't do better because they're people of color. White supremacist beliefs 
produce bigoted speech and behaviors which justify and reinforce inequities and inequities reinforce bigotry. However, a growing majority, typically people of color themselves and some white people, believe that the challenges in communities of color aren't due to their inherent inferiority, but to the lasting effects of 364 years of slavery and legal discrimination plus current policies, practices, and systems that reinforce those 364 years of abuse or maintain inequities. They see that brilliant and destructive qualities exist in every group and good character and ability aren't determined by a person's race. They believe that white people aren't inherently superior and that given the same circumstances people of color have faced, whites would have fared the same. While bigotry is a problem, racism is a far bigger problem. And focusing only on racist perpetuates racism. Calling individuals racists fools us into thinking that if there's no bigotry happening, there's no racism. Disrupting bigotry may be easier to do and a good start, but the real work of dismantling racism begins with believing it exists. Then rejecting the bigoted notion that it exists because people of color are inferior. Calling cruel individuals bigots and calling cruel and inequitable systems racist will help us do this work and finally get it right. And that is the end of this article, you guys, from HuffPost.com. Thank you, Susanna Rendery. M-A-A-C-C contributor, let's get it right. Bigotry is not racism. And we will be right back after this brief cause. Thank you for hanging in here with me. I love you for listening. Alright, my fabulous, loyal listeners, we are back, and now we are on the website, verywellmind.com. We are in their race and identity section with racism, seven strategies to help you on your anti-racism journey by Amy Morin, LCSW, medically reviewed by Akeem Marsh, Marsh, MD, updated on September 17th. 2020. All right, let's get into this article, you guys. The Black Lives Matter movement has likely caused you to think more about racism and is probably making you question some of your own beliefs, attitudes, and behaviors. A little self-reflection might reveal some uncomfortable truths, such as ways in which you might be having racist thoughts or exhibiting racist behaviors without even realizing it. This self-reflection may also come with feelings of guilt and shame, so it is also important to start with forgiveness. Modern-day racism exists because of the current circumstances that we were all born into. 
while we did not have a hand in designing things the way they are, but we do have a hand in helping reset, uh, rectify the situation. I'm going to repeat that, you guys. While we do not have a hand in designing things the way they are, but we do have a hand in helping rectify the situation. Fortunately, there are steps you can take to embark on an anti-racism journey. Raising your own awareness of any biases and stereotypes can be key to breaking down barriers. Number one, acknowledge modern day racism exists. Although some people assume that anti-discrimination laws have eliminated racism from society, studies show that this isn't the case. Ethnic minorities still experience a great deal of prejudice and discrimination. Studies have found that minorities are less likely to receive adequate care from physicians, less likely to receive employment offers, judged more harshly for crimes they commit, more likely to be shot by police officers, and treated with more suspicion in public places. These are just a few examples. Clearly, many individuals experience racism on a daily basis in many different ways. So, it's important to acknowledge that minorities are still facing ongoing discrimination. Recognizing that racism exists is the first step toward creating positive change. Listen to the experiences of other people. When you hear other people's situations and stories, be willing to listen with an open mind. Number two, recognize your prejudice. If you think things like, I'd never do anything racist, you might want to check yourself. Research shows people who claim they've never prejudiced they're never prejudiced are the most likely to be prejudiced. A 2019 study published in Personality and Individual Differences found that the least egalitarian individuals tended to be those who overestimated their levels of egalitarianism the most. Participants were asked to report how egalitarian they believed they were compared with other people in regard to race. Then they started they stated how favorable they felt about black people in the workplace. Finally, participants completed the implicit association test to measure their implicit biases related to race. Researchers found that those who reported being the most egalitarian displayed the most implicit bias toward black people. Other studies have have uncovered similar results. People in privileged groups are more likely to deny the existence of bias. And among young people, there's an impression that racism is not that bad anymore or that it only occurs in extreme circumstances. Some even believe that prejudice against white people is a more serious cause for concern than prejudice against black people. Keep in mind that no one is completely prejudiced or not prejudiced at all. 
It's a continuum. And everyone possesses stereotypes and biases to some degree that affect how they interact with individuals from other races. It is important to remember that our brains are wired to recognize differences which evolved to protect against the general threats of the world. The biases we have are still running on this same internal system. Three. Take a test to identify your biases. Project, Project Implicit is a nonprofit organization that helps people identify hidden biases. They offer a free test that can help you discover thoughts and feelings about people of other races that you might not be conscious of. After all, on the surface, you may think you're accepting of people from all races, but the truth is you likely have some stereotypes and biases that you might not even recognize. Take this free test and discover a bit more about your hidden biases. Now that's a hyperlink, you guys, that we're not pressing on at this moment. Taking this type of test can be helpful, but it is also important to stay alert in order to identify and challenge biases that you may have. Being mindful of other people's responses to your interactions can also be helpful as well. For example, if someone seems offended by something you said or did, inquire about that further. Number four, learn about yourself. You might think your anti-racism journey should start with learning about others, but developing more self-awareness first can be key to helping you gain insight into your beliefs. A 2009 study published in the International Journal of Cultural Relations found that individuals can become more culturally competent by exploring their own historical roots and values. Developing a better understanding of your ancestors and their experiences and thinking about how your family functions as a group can help you see the ways these have impacted you. It can make you more aware of your own biases while sparkling I'm sorry, while while sparking curiosity about other cultures and races. In her book, The Body Is Not an Apology, Sonia Renee Taylor promotes the concept of radical self-love, which involves loving your body and your whole authentic self. She believes that part of the root of biases we have stems from personal shortcomings. By learning to accept ourselves more authentically, we can then improve as a society. Another way of learning about yourself is to consider enrolling in individual therapy to explore the issue of bias and racism. Number five, learn about other people. Educate yourself about other races as well. Learn about the history of racism and discrimination and strive to learn more about what other people are experiencing today. Read books, watch movies, and review articles that describe other people's experiences. You don't have to stick to just scientific journals and documentaries. You may find many fiction books give insight into unfamiliar backgrounds, too. Get your news from a variety of sources. Watching the same channel and reading articles from the same website only gives you one view. 
Learn from many different people, and you'll see there are many ways to tell the same story. And we'll be right back with the conclusion of this fabulous article right after this pause. For cause, we are on verywellmind.com, and we are reading the article, Seven Strategies to Help You on Your Anti-Racism Journey. Number six, interact with people of different races. There's no substitute for first-hand experience. Talking to people who are different from you, working with people of other races, and interacting with them in all sorts of circumstances can help you gain the most insight. You'll learn a lot when you listen to people, but don't ask them to educate you on racism. Asking them to do more work or essentially try to explain their daily experiences places more burden on them. You also may need to purposely get involved in new activities so you can interact with people outside your usual social circle. Volunteer, join a club, or attend an event you might not normally attend so you can interact with different people. Another thing you can do is to visit different parts of the United States as well as other countries when permissible. Many organizations also organize and host cultural events and festivals, which is something else you might want to consider. Number seven, enroll in a course. Whether you sign up for an online course or you attend a college class, Diversity education can help reduce your bias. A 2001 study published in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology found that students who were enrolled in a prejudice and conflict seminar showed significantly reduced implicit and explicit anti-black biases compared with the control group. This study shows that biases can be changed even the ones that seem automatic. Learning about your stereotypes can significantly significantly reduce your levels of prejudice. A more recent 2012 study also supports these findings, suggesting that anti-prejudice training and intervention could lead to significant long-term reductions in implicit race biases. Some resources that can help reduce racial bias. Look around for online courses or contact your local college to see if they offer diversity classes. There has also been a recent explosion in content designed to educate and inform people about racial issues. There are a number of free programs and webinars available online to the public. There are also a number of independent scholars that have courses available. Local libraries also often have book clubs and programs designed to promote diversity and racial understanding. Ideally, you would ideally you would take a comprehensive approach rather than just selecting one or two of these offerings. Challenging and actively fighting bias is a psychologically intense and long-term 
dedication. So the more resources you have to support your efforts, the better. A word from Very Well. If you're struggling on your journey to become anti-racist, you might find it's helpful to speak with a professional. Reach out to a therapist. A licensed mental health professional can assist you in identifying the thoughts, feelings, and behaviors you'd like to change and may also be able to provide more resources that can help you learn and grow. Okay? And I'd like to thank VeryWellMind.com for their fascinating article. Seven strategies to help you on your anti-racism journey written by Amy Morin, LS, I'm sorry, LCSW. And that is going to be the conclusion of this episode of Just Ms. Rose. Now, I know um, I told you guys there was a couple of hyperlinks in this, well, at least one hyperlink I told you about. And um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through um, some of these hyperlinks and I'm going to read them on As the Massage Table Turns. (laughs) So on that note, I will see you on the other side. Thank you so much for listening. And listen, don't let anybody take you out of your square. Okay? Do not compare yourself with other people because no one compares to you. You're the only you, and you're doing a doggone good job of it, all right? All right, you stay safe, and I'll see you on the other side. Thank you for listening. I love you for listening. <laughs>